So I had originally planned a different Christian education moment for this morning. I was going to tell you about the Paschal candle that burns on our worship table. I was going to tell you about the history behind the word Paschal and how the candle fits into our Easter liturgy and how the light of the candle represents the triumph of resurrection over death and the light of Christ. But I know that there's a more pressing distraction that needs to be addressed. Many of you have observed that in preparation for Advent, I quietly removed the American flag from our worship space. Some of you have come to ask me why I did that and if I will be putting it back. I thank those of you who came to speak to me directly, but I know that more of you have questions about it, so I want to clear the air. So first is the question as to why I would remove the flag when it's been here for as long as any of you remember. And I believe that the first place to understanding in this regard is to understand the history of the flag in the sanctuary and the meaning that's loaded in that history. I've mentioned before that my thesis was about pacifism during the interwar period. In the course of my research, one of the things that I discovered was that the bishop of the Michigan area, who was an advocate for the war, mandated that every sanctuary in the state begin displaying the flag. Those pastors who resisted this effort or resisted the war in general were driven from their pulpits. The silencing of peace activists was part of the dark history of the war, which saw them driven out of their professions, which saw the government harshly silencing, even jailing members of the press who spoke out against the war, which saw German Americans tortured and killed by their neighbors in fits of nationalist rage. In the aftermath of the Great War, many clergy around the nation repented of the way that they had led their sheep to slaughter upon the altar of war. So you might ask, why did the flag not come down then? And the answer is that the nation was gripped by the first of several red scares. The Russian government had been overthrown by communists and the Western world shook as communists gained popularity on both sides of the Atlantic. To be a good American meant being a God-fearing American, and the transcendent God of every nation and people was shackled to our civic religion. And once again, to question the way that God was being invoked meant being silenced. It meant being driven from one's livelihood. Eventually, it would mean coming under the investigation of the House Committee on Un-American Activities. Do you wonder why people decided it was easier to keep their head down than the, to proclaim the sovereignty of God above the sovereignty of the nation? And so, even though the Red Scare is over, and even though the Cold War ended when I was still an infant, the habit of keeping our head down had become second nature. The reasons that we do certain things were no longer questioned, but just became the way that things are. So, for historical reasons, I will not be placing the flag back in our sanctuary because when it was placed in our sanctuaries, it was done so for idolatrous purposes that placed national identity over Christian identity. Second, our God is a God of the whole world and this space is consecrated to that God who holds all of creation, every nation and people in his hands. Our God is the same God of Christians in 
North Korea, in China, in Afghanistan, in Brazil. And so it doesn't feel appropriate to me that we would distinguish ourselves from our brothers and sisters in Christ by having a flag in the worship space that we share with all of them. Third, I know that there's another component to this question. I know that we have military veterans in our congregation, and I know that there are veterans in some of our families. I know that some of us have family currently serving in the military, and I know that the question exists about honoring those individuals for their service. I hear you and know that I am with you and having family and friends who are both veterans and in active service. So know that what I'm about to say is being said in the most gracious manner possible. I care for my family and friends who are serving in the military and I pray for them quite sincerely. But my prayer is that they be spared from ever contributing to the death of another human being. And my prayer is that they find another way to make a living. In the United Methodist Church, we have two primary documents that spell out our doctrines, the Articles of Religion and the Confession of Faith. Article 16 of the Confession of Faith says in part that war and bloodshed are contrary to the gospel and spirit of Christ. This statement stands in keeping with the most ancient teachings of the church. The martyrdom of many early Christians stemmed from their refusal to serve in the Roman military. It's on this pillar of faith that I stand in refusing to recognize any virtue in warfare. When the people of Jerusalem expected a Messiah to restore them to power through warfare and bloodshed, they instead received a Messiah who promised to restore the whole world through sacrificial love. We serve a God who claims the title Prince of Peace, who will instruct nations so that they do not learn war anymore, who encourages us to turn our swords into plowshares. So it's for this theological reason that I will not be placing the flag back in our sanctuary, especially on days that valorize warfare. In other words, it's precisely because of those who've died in war, those whom Memorial Day is about, that I believe it's important for us to focus exclusively in this space on the God of resurrection who triumphs over death. I've earnestly tried to avoid giving voice to this conviction for fear of offending those of you who've served or who have family that are currently serving. Given that this is a formal teaching of the church, I don't know whether that was the right thing to do or not. But I share this now because I have enough trust in our relationship as siblings in Christ to believe that I can be honest with you. I imagine that some of you are quite upset with what I've just said, and that's okay. I only ask that you understand that what I have said does not mean that I have no concern for soldiers. I do. I wish that their gifts and their talents could be used for creation. I wish that their bodies, minds, and souls would not be scarred, maimed, or destroyed by the horrors of war. In short, I wish that we lived as though we were already in the kingdom, where no soldier anywhere in the world would feel the need to lift up arms against another child of God. Thank you. <laughs>